0: everyone. It's your host, Megan.
1: And your co-host, McKinley.
0: And welcome back to Mickey Ears and Butterbeer. Welcome back, everyone. We are finally back from our vacation and we have so much to share with you guys. On this week's episode, it's going to be kind of a long one because our trip was long and we had a great time. And I also have our co-host, McKinley. Hello. And we have Kyle on as well co-host Kyle as well. Okay, so first thing I want to talk about is we did fly into a different airport this time. We flew into Orlando Sanford International Airport and I had a great experience. I actually, even though this airport is about 30 minutes longer away from Disney and 20 minutes longer away from Universal compared to MCO, I actually prefer this one a lot more. It's a lot smaller, which means it's a lot less people. It felt cleaner to me. And the hustle and bustle, it was just such a different pace. And we went the week of Christmas and came back on the day before Christmas Eve. And I expected the airports to be crazy because that's what you, of course, see all over social media and it was not bad at all. We actually got there way too early because we was expecting it to be a lot more crowded than what it was. And we sat for hours because we walked straight through security.
2: So I did notice a big difference in the security, um, at MCO, the normal, uh, the Orlando airport, it is 30, 40 minutes of security that you have to wait in line where here we went through security in maybe five minutes. So that 20, 30-minute extra drive for being a little bit further, you don't have to wait in line as long at security. So the difference for us was we typically fly Frontier to MCO, which is the Orlando International. And we always look at the cheaper flights, so Allegiant or Frontier. And Allegiant does not fly into MCO, the main hub, or the main international airport down there. And it only flies into SFB, which is at Sanford airport. And since we flew Allegiant this time, we had to fly into that other airport. And it was a good experience. Now, the downside of that is if you want to do like the Mirrors Connect or the Sunshine Flyers, which is a bus that takes you to Disney, you cannot do that from this airport. You would have to Uber or Lyft or rent a car because there's not as many amenities from that airport to your resort.
0: Which that could be a downfall because when a lot of clients of ours actually go to Disney, we just book mirrors for them. It's a super simple process to book and it's not that bad price at all compared to other options. But If you don't like the craziness of an airport to me i think it's worth it and maybe doing a different type of transportation what would you think Yes,
2: we were also staying at an airbnb this time so we didn't have that luxury of the disney transportation from your resort like using the buses or the boats or the monorail so we needed transportation from our airbnb to the resorts or sorry to the parks so since we were renting a car anyway it made sense it was easy to fly into this airport
1: i would prefer staying at a disney hotel though because i do like the easiness of just going to the parks hopping on a bus and going back to the resort and whatever but it's just a lot more easy in my opinion and just better i think did you, you notice may- a difference
2: in the airport Ken? the
1: airport It felt smaller, but at the same time, it wasn't as crowded. So I don't really see too big of a difference, but it wasn't as crowded and smaller.
0: One thing also with not staying on site this time is it's a completely different experience. I mean, we've stayed on Disney property, on Universal property, as well as staying at an Airbnb or a different type of hotel. It's a completely different trip and I think McKinley you noticed a huge difference this time around not staying on Disney or Universal property.
1: It was just a huge difference because I don't feel like I call it a Disney bubble. I don't feel like I'm in the Disney bubble because like I said with the buses you don't get that much. It's not that easy and I I felt like we were driving a ton and that's just not normally what we do
0: i do think that's a big difference um we did rent a car which was super easy process it was not stressful at all and we got out of there pretty quick but when you're the one who's driving when you don't have to drive you can just feel the difference like i just like getting to the airport getting on the mirrors transportation where majority of people that are on the same bus as you are going to either the same or similar resort. so the atmosphere is different people are excited after flying you can just relax you don't have to think about where you're going you don't have to look up directions which not that it's hard to do but when i'm on vacation i just want to relax and being able to stay on property you can get on that transportation and you don't have to be the one in charge controlling things
2: i think it makes a big difference like after park days too or on the way to the park I like having a car when we're going to the park because we dictate you don't have to wait for, in line for buses or, you know, getting out of there. But when you leave the park, it still stinks waiting for a bus, but walking to your car and then driving back. So if we spend 12, 13, 14 hours at a park and then you have to drive, that kind of stinks. I like just getting on the bus and relaxing or standing on the bus. Even, you know, someone else is having to worry about getting us back to where we're staying
0: and also the like you mentioned the 12 13 hour days at the park that's park open to park close if that's not reasonable for everybody so when you're staying on property it's so much easier to use their transportation to go back to the hotel and the convenience not the whole party has to do that it can be one person or two people or the whole party but you have a lot more freedom to where Yeah, we had a car and we could have done that because once you pay for parking, you get parking free for all the parks for all the days or for that full day. But that was just even though our Airbnb was like 15 minutes away from Disney, it still was a pain to have to go to the car, go back. Like it just didn't make it worth it. So a lot of us, I think, would have went back and taken a break or enjoyed the pool. But just that extra little hassle, we didn't end up doing it because of that.
2: Yeah, I do think that's worth noting, though. If you pay to park at one park and say you have Park Hopper, you can use your receipt to go to another park. It's not like you have to pay to park at multiple parks. Or if you want to go back to your resort, say you're staying at Disney, but you still have a car, so you can actually park at the parks for free because if you're staying on site, you can drive your car to and from, and because you're staying there, you can park for free. But if you're staying off-site like we did, And you pay to park and you go back to your Airbnb or your hotel. You don't have to pay to park again. That receipt is good for the day.
0: So on our first day down there, we got down, I'd say probably around 10 o'clock. We had an early flight out. And so because we had an Airbnb, what we did was we went and rented a scooter for my grandma who went on the trip with us. And being your travel agents, we can actually book scooter rentals and stroller rentals for clients and scooter Buena Vista is who we always use. Um, We've had such great experience with them. We've used them multiple times for our personal as well as for other clients but this time around instead of having Buena Vista deliver the scooter to a Disney resort because we were not staying in a Disney resort we actually picked it up from the warehouse process was super easy. They are so nice. They bring it out. They show you how to put it in your trunk. And we did have a midsize SUV as well as a smaller car. And it did fit in the trunk of the smaller car. So you save a 10% discount by picking it up from the warehouse. Um, It will though, it is heavy. Parts of it come apart, but when you're putting it in and out of a trunk, I didn't do it Kyle did it, and my sister's boyfriend who was on the trip with us did it, but that is one thing I would note is I would make sure you have someone to get it in and out of the trunk for you. Um, After we picked up the scooter, we went ahead and we went to the outlets where there is a Disney warehouse, which if you have time before a park day or even just to run in, they have so many Disney items that are so cheap. So things from the park that they necessarily didn't sell, they will send to this warehouse and you can get things like Mickey ears. You can get merch like Jersey spirit jerseys. There's all kinds of things you can get there. Disney pins was a big thing, mugs, and there's just all kinds of things you can get there for a lot cheaper price. So then you have more money to spend in the parks.
1: So some of the things that were at the Character Warehouse, they had spirit jerseys as cheap as $18, and I actually got a Star Wars jersey from here, and I love it, and I wear it all the time, and you can also get pins that are super cheap, because normally pins can get up to very expensive prices, and you can get pins like... $12 at the most. You can also get mugs and many more things, and also very cheap ears. Ears that would normally be $30. I got a $7 pair of ears here.
0: And when you say pins, for those who don't know about Disney pins, you want to explain that a little bit more? So Disney pins are like
1: little metal pins so you can also do pin trading that is one of the things that i did this trip which i have never done before and my dad did it when he was littler and it's a very fun experience and what i definitely recommend doing so some of the easier ways to start pin trading is getting them off of ebay you can get a big bundle of them a lot more cheap than you would get a big bundle at the parks obviously like if you were going to buy multiple pins at once and you can go from store to store looking and checking the ch- checkout counters asking, do you have pin boards here? And they will give you a yes or no answer. Some stores have more than one if it's a bigger store. And all parks have little pin trading boards boards that are in the shape of Mickey heads. And Disney Springs has loads of pin trading and they even have a pin trading stop um cast members have some on their lanyards and it's just a very fun experience and on the pins are different disney characters disney items and they have little collections that are a ton of different types of disney pins and this just made my trip so much better and i definitely recommend pin trading
0: pin trading was a lot of fun. Um, I thought it was a great idea that Kyle got us a bunch of pins before we went because it was a lot cheaper. And then McKinley could trade them for the ones she did want. You can trade pins at the resorts, at the parks. Even we found this time that you can do in the parking lot on the way out. Somebody had a parking cone and they had pins on there. They also have, it looks like a trash can, but it's really not. It has pins on all sides of the trash can. And you're able to trade with a cast member. This was a cheap, fun experience to do. And it's really cool when you go in the shops or go around the park or just to keep an eye out for certain ones you're wanting to look for. Like if you're wanting to try to collect all the seven dwarfs, that can be your goal to try to find those.
1: And say you are waiting for Lightning Lane or something, and you have already a, and you're just sitting around, pretty bored, and there is no super low wait times, so you can just decide to go into shops for a while, browse around in the shops, but also look for pin boards. So a very fun experience, and I definitely recommend.
2: And I think so. Some of the pin shop or some of the shops that. You ask the cashier, the person working, do you have a pin board here? They might tell you no, but they know where the pin boards are. They work there every day. So they can say, no, go across the street to that store. And that store has a pin board. So they would direct us where some pin boards are if they did not have them at that store.
0: And when you're thinking of pen trading, um, one thing that we did this year was I had an old CD case and we just put the pins in there and zipped up the cd case and took it with us so that way when mckinley was looking through her pins she it was in a tiny little square and she just flipped the pages to find the pins that she wanted to trade um they also have things there as well that you can buy like straps or backpacks or purses there's all kinds of things you can get really creative with it but you don't have to just bring it in a baggy filled that's not fun you want to be able to flip through and see it and when you are pin trading you're going to notice your surroundings, so many other people are pen trading. People pull out binders. They pull out all kinds of things that I necessarily didn't really pay attention to before until this trip because McKinley was doing it. So it was kind of cool just to see how many people actually do get into pen trading and do this extra activity.
2: All right. So we did have Chef Mickey planned for this evening, but since we were staying in Airbnb, we went to Walmart to get some, necessities for the week. The good thing about this, I know when you're going to a Disney park, you might think you can't bring anything in, but you can bring pretty much anything that you want in. So you can bring water bottles, you can bring sandwiches. So if you try to go shopping first and not buy a lot of things in the park that are expensive, like snacks, this is a good way to do this. Even if you're staying on site and you don't have a car like we did, You can do like Instacart or, you know, get groceries delivered to your um, resort. So after we went to the character warehouse, we stopped at Walmart before we went to our Airbnb.
0: Also at Walmart, they do have at least the Walmart that's close to Disney and Universal. They have a lot of Mickey ears shirts, all kinds of different things too. They're definitely not as good of quality as Disney brand. You can tell a huge difference. I don't necessarily buy many things from there, but if you're on a budget and you really don't care, you just want something for the parks, this is a good option to stop at Walmart as well as the outlets and the warehouse and get cheap things for the parks.
1: There's hats, there's keychains, there is so much, and it's just a lot easier if you don't want to spend tons of money just on clothes that you're just going to wear at Disney. So, getting into our
0: first Disney day... Whoa, whoa, back up. You got to talk about Chef Mickey. (laughs) So, after we did Walmart, we went back, dropped everything off at the house, and... Kyle McKinley and I, as well as my mom and my grandma, we all went to Chef Mickey. So Chef Mickey, as being your travel agent, one thing that we can do is book reservations ahead of time for you. And Chef Mickey is one of the most popular ones that we do book. But I and McKinley have actually never ate there before. So we were really excited to do this. We did book this months in advance. So that way I did secure the time and date and everything I wanted. And this reservation is actually in the contemporary resort so if you are staying off property you drive to the contemporary resort and you its kind of like the security in place you can't just show up so you have to have a reservation you have to show your reservation to the security guard to even get into the resort area and this time I even had to show my ID to show that I was the person on the resort Which, I wasn't expecting all that, but if you think about it, it's probably a good thing for safety. They don't just let anybody in there. Like, you have to have reservations, and it makes you feel more safe once you're in there. Not that you wouldn't feel safe, but they are on it about their security with getting in.
1: So, some of the food at Chef Mickey, they have tons of different types of food. They have salads. They have fast food type food. They have Chinese food. Italian food and loads of desserts they even have a soft serve machine that you can work yourself which was so fun and then you obviously can meet your favorite Disney characters so when you yeah, do so go- I think
2: I think that's the highlight of the whole thing is the fact that you get to meet so many Disney characters while I mean it is a good buffet I thought the food was fine but getting to meet the characters is the highlight of
0: this and don't worry don't think you're going to miss out they come to your table so you don't have to get up you don't have to stand in a line and even at after all the characters come to your table multiple times we had our server come up and say did you see every single one did every single character stop at your table and we of course said yes because they did but if they didn't they would tell that character to come back and see you So I thought that was really neat. Um, We did take an autograph book. So McKinley had all of them sign her autograph book. It was just a great way to start off the trip.
1: Even if you don't have an autograph book and you want these characters autographs, we figured this out that they did this at many dining locations. But specifically this one, they give out a little, it's not a sheet of paper. It's just like a print off of all of their signatures printed on a paper cutter
2: like a cardstock
1: yeah they have the the characters signatures on there so that's also super nice and generous of them because obviously you want to meet them but you want to have proof that you met them other than pictures
0: For sure. And if you do want an autograph book, right outside the restaurant is a gift shop. Um, There's actually two gift shops and they're probably my two favorite resort gift shops on property. And you can actually buy an autograph book there. Um, Now, with the sit down dining reservations, these meals do cost more money. So it definitely costs more for the three of us compared to just going even in Disney parks, just getting like a quick service meal. The price I would say could even be as much as triple the amount that we would pay for a quick service meal. So it is something I definitely would keep in mind. And if you're on a budget, that's something to consider.
2: After we finished up eating, we had discussed taking the monorail and we were going to stop at the different monorail resorts and look for some pin trading. I know last time we were there, we were at the Polynesian eating at Ohana. And McKinley did not have her pins with her, but she saw some really cool pin boards there and she wanted to go there and trade, trade some pins. Well, this is going to be a theme of the trip just to get on the monorail. There was a huge line. It was, there was crowds like Megan said, this was the week of Christmas. And instead of going to all of the monorail resorts, we did get in line and we went to the Polynesian and, and, we went to the pin boards. Ken, was there good things there?
1: There was. It depends on when you go, cause you can go to a pin board once and then come back like an hour later, and there can be completely different pins. But I think I made a few trades at the Polynesian, and I also made some while we were before we went to Chef Mickey at the Contemporary. So just know that you can pin trade at like every single resort and especially look for the resort shops.
0: And one of the cool things while you were pin trading was me, my mom, and my grandma, we just checked out the Polynesian Resort. So we had fun. They were having a party out back because when you stay on property, they do certain themes at nighttime. It was a movie at the pool and music and dancing And, I mean, we were entertained the whole entire time. Just being in that atmosphere is great. And also, my grandma had a scooter, and getting on and off the monorail was so accommodating. Not once did she feel like there was something she couldn't do.
2: If I remember correctly, someone got laid in Disney?
0: (laughs) Yes, Nana did get laid with a Hawaiian lei necklace around her neck.
2: Oh, I remember her making a big deal of that, yeah.
0: Yes, mine got laid in Disney. Something like say you were
1: staying at the Polynesian Resort and you. Well, you're thinking about staying at the Polynesian Resort and you don't want all this loudness outside when you're trying to sleep. You cannot hear this at all. I had no idea until they showed me pictures of this whole party extravaganza outside. I had no idea. And it was very interesting how you can't hear it at all and why you can still have so much fun outside.
2: All right. Well... I think that was a fun-filled day, and that wasn't even in the parks. We just flew in to the smaller airport. We did some shopping, went to Chef Mickey's, did some quick pin trading, and finally we went back to our Airbnb to get ready for our first park day the following day.
1: Our first park day was Magic Kingdom, of course.
2: Of course. You got to start at the park. When you think Disney World, you think the castle. You start there. And you end in there if you have enough days. You know, you start there, end there. And that's what we did.
0: So one thing that I did notice um, because we were not staying on Disney property is we did not get the 30 minutes early access. So when you are a guest staying on a Disney resort property, you get 30 minutes early park access compared to everybody who is not staying on site. To me, this is a huge advantage. Um, I could tell a huge difference. I like going slow when I go in and getting a um, Starbucks drink on Main Street and just walking down and seeing the castle and taking it all in. Because we were not there the extra early hours, I felt like it was more busy because everybody at that time can get in that we got in. And I just like that extra 30 minutes. That 30 minutes takes great is a great opportunity for pitchers. It's just a lot of different things that we can do.
2: Also, so when you have those extra 30 minutes at Magic Kingdom, Tomorrowland and Fantasyland are the only two parts of the park that open. So if you're not staying on site, if you can only get in when the park actually opens, you want to go to the hub, which is the middle of the park there, and go towards the left, towards Adventureland and Frontierland, because those parts of the park are not open yet. So even if they had early access and they're staying on site, they could not go to those parts of the park. So if you get in there, say the park opens at 8, but if you're staying at Disney, they could get in at 730. Well, they still couldn't go to Adventureland and Frontierland. So if you get there early and you go in right at 8, then you would still be possibly the first people into those lands. So that's just part of planning ahead and thinking, okay, I don't have those extra 30 minutes, but the Disney resort guests can only be in Tomorrowland and Fantasyland. So think about that. But even planning ahead for us, I've never seen the TTC be so crowded as it was the monorail line and the boat line to get to Magic Kingdom after parking our car was ridiculously long. I'm, There was so many people going to Magic Kingdom on this day. It was probably the most crowded. I've been to Magic Kingdom on some crowded days, and it was probably the most crowded that I've ever seen Magic Kingdom. And I think it's due to the fact that there was party days and Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party days on the day before we went, the day after we went, and two more days that week. So this day and only one other day this week that we went, there wasn't a party so if you don't know, parties are later that evening, they're different ticketed events, and Magic Kingdom closes at 6 p.m. on those days. Well, the day that we went, Magic Kingdom was open to 11 p.m. So other people probably thought the same thing we did. Well, we're going to go on this day where we can be there from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m., you know, and we don't have to leave at 6 p.m. Well, I believe that a lot of people thought that way because the park was extremely crowded.
0: Which I think that's a good thing to note is a lot of people think you just drive up to Magic Kingdom and you don't. So when you drive and park, you have to choose either to ride the monorail over to Disney Magic Kingdom or the boat transportation. We have done both. Um, This time we felt like the boat option was a lot better because we got right on the boat compared to the monorail line was really long. So I think that's one thing that a lot of people are surprised about when they get to Magic Kingdom is they don't realize you have to do another transportation just to get into the park. And I think that's great that you mentioned going left instead of going right. So as your travel agents, if you're staying on property or off property, you get all these helpful information from us telling you on the best way how to plan a day. So when we head into Magic Kingdom, we went left and we went straight to the ride Pirates to the Caribbean. Everybody was excited. The people that we were with, they haven't been to Disney or haven't been to Disney since they were a little kid. So all the talk was how all struck they were with how awesome they thought the little details were and how immersive Disney is. And unfortunately, after we got off of the ride of pirates, which everybody absolutely loved with all the details and animations and everything my grandma actually fell getting off of the boat and busted up her legs this was something that disney was accommodating for they did stop the ride completely and waited for her to feel comfortable to get off of the ride and then go up and then we had to go to the first aid where they did an incident report they put band-aids on they gave her ice packs and they even gave her a voucher because her legs were bleeding And it got on her socks for her to go to the gift shop and get socks for free. So that way she didn't have to go around the rest of the day with socks with blood on them. She did, she was okay and everything was fine, but it was nice having that first aid on site, being able to take care of bandaging it, icing it, and wrapping it and not having to leave and go do all that ourselves.
2: I know uh, why she was in the first aid. They wouldn't let all of us go back there, so one thing McKinley was excited to try was the fresh fruit Nutella waffle, so we got that, and I think she really liked it.
0: What is the fresh fruit I'm, Nutella waffle?
1: So, I'm pretty sure this is at the Sleepy, the Sleepy Hollow Quick Service location. There is two different types of waffles, but the Nutella and fresh fruit waffle is a belgium waffle with nutella and fruits and inside of it and it's folded up into look like it's kind of a taco type shape and it is so good because the nutella is hot but the perfect temperature and then the fruit is colder and just with the with the gooey fresh belgium waffle it is so delicious You guys also got, later in our trip, the other waffle. You want to talk about that?
0: So Kyle and I got, it was like a chicken waffle with coleslaw sandwich. It is not bad price at all. I think it was like $12 and you get a side of chips with it. It was so good. I think this is definitely a lunch option that I will be getting from now on.
2: Yep. If I had to pick which one I liked better, it would really be hard to pick. I think they both meet different criteria. I really like the fruit one. Megan, I know you didn't like the fruit one that very much. And the chicken one, I think if I had to pick, I'd probably pick the fruit waffle. Also, the, the, chicken.
1: Chi- the chicken one had coleslaw in it, and I'm not a fan of coleslaw, so... I'm just glad that there's two options, more of a savory and salty food and then more of a sweeter type food.
2: So there's a few other snacks that we did this day. To We didn't really sit down and eat anywhere. We just did a couple snacks throughout the day. Um, some of the highlights that I have are the pepper jack pretzel and the Cheshire cattail. Both are from the Cheshire Cafe. And then the spring rolls, the cheeseburger spring rolls, and the pepperoni pizza spring rolls. So I know we ate a bunch of snacks, but those were the ones that I had highlighted from my notes from this day. Um, out of the two spring rolls, I like the pepperoni pizza one better. And I really love that um, pepper jack stuffed pretzel from the Cheshire Cafe.
1: So on the topic of snacks, my favorite snacks were probably the chess. how do you say it? Cheshire? Cheshire. Cheshire? Cheshire. Cheshire Cattail, which is super delicious. The the waffle that we were talking about earlier and the Dole Whip with the juice that my mom got.
0: One thing I do want to notice is the majority of everything we ordered, we did order off of the app you can order quick service meals and you order it on the app. You pay for it on the app. And then once you arrive, you click that you arrived and then they will give you a window to go up to and pick your food. The convenience is huge. Someone in our party did not download the app. So all the food that they ordered, they just went in and paid. And what was the restaurant that Jake went in and waited for a really long time? The Cosmic? Cosmic Ray. Rewind. What? Cosmic, Cosmic Rewind. So he went in and waited in line in cosmic rays and I bet you it was about 30, 45 minutes that he waited in line to where we actually quick service ordered off the app. Our food walked all the way halfway over to the park to pick up because we wanted a certain thing, ate it and then came back and he was still inside waiting on his food. So if you're wanting to save time and not want to deal with waiting in lines, then I would definitely do that.
2: The mobile order is a good option, but when it's as crowded as it was, especially, I mean, it's good when it's as crowded as it was because the lines were very long, but the return time, so they will give you a return time. And if it's crowded and a lot of people are using mobile order, the return time might not be for an hour or two. So if you don't plan out when you want a snack, then you might say, okay, I want a mobile order, but then you go to mobile order from a certain restaurant and the closest time is an hour or two from now. Well, I'd rather wait in a 30 minute line to get the food than an hour or two to mobile order. So if you know like, Hey, I really want to get something or the Cheshire cattail from the Cheshire cafe and they allow mobile order, which they don't, but this is just an example. I am headed there in 30 minutes. Well, then I'm going to look for my mobile order and I'm going to pick it and then it, let you pick the return time. Well, they don't start preparing it until you get there and you hit, I'm here, prepare my order. So you don't have to worry about it just sitting there or anything like that. So you kind of have to plan ahead for that a little bit. If you just try to move order as soon as you get there and it's like peak eating time, like lunch time or something like that, there might not be a return time for while you're standing there.
0: And on the mobile app, there is also a map that shows you where everything is at so you can see what kind of food they have and it gives you a description of everything so everything is on the app it's nice and convenient or if you rather have a hand map they have those at the front of the park as well
2: so another thing i wrote down was i know before we went you talked about how mckinley was going to ride seven doors and you guys were kind of joking about it But she wrote it first thing in the morning this day and then also again at night. So two times on this day. She loved it. That was a highlight of my trip is how much she enjoyed this and also some of the pictures of her on this ride looking like she was absolute terror, but she was enjoying it.
0: Which again is on the mobile app that you can view pictures that they will take of you while you are on the ride. I definitely think this was my highlight as well. Um, I do like rides, and there's not many rides that Kyle and McKinley both will do with me, um, especially McKinley. So the last few trips, there's no way she would have rode Seven Dwarfs, and she rode it three, four times this trip. So that was pretty awesome. It was really fun, and uh, I was...
1: I had so much nerve riding this, and something that distracted me and helped, which was we had a lightning lane, so that helps a lot. And I just kind of distracted myself and thought I rode it once, then I can ride it. I can ride it again. Some really, it's a really fun ride, and I definitely recommend it. Even though mostly everybody has probably rode it.
2: What um did you like it better in the morning or at night when it was dark?
1: I feel like I liked it better when it's light when it's daytime, even though it's a very fun experience when it's dark and you just you can kind of see all the lights from everywhere, like the lights inside buildings and everything. But when it's in the daytime you can see you can see the castle, for example. You can just see your scenery around you, and that was a big part of it.
2: Speaking of dark, I, me and McKinley were the only two who rode it at night because another highlight of my trip was McKinley wanted to stay until the park closed. Other people that went with us were ready to go back around 8 o'clock when the fireworks were going off, and um, so me and her just stayed um, during the fireworks, we actually went and got in line for the Seven Doors Mine Train. And this was a highlight, just me and her staying pretty late in the Magic Kingdom while it was dark. Kind of knocking out some rides, doing things for a second time that we had already done earlier with the whole party. And just doing our own thing. It was a pretty fun time.
1: Yeah, it was very fun. And we had to like curve and weave through all the crowds, but it was really fun. And when the fireworks show was going on, we something that helped us is we went through the shops and they were crowded in there too, but not as crowded as Main Street was. And I definitely recommend doing that. And they also pin, pin trading this is what I didn't know. It starts at 10 or 11. Do you remember which one? I think one it, was it was 10 a.m. Yes, it starts at 10 and then I think it goes till the park closes because even when we were going for the fireworks and everything, we still did some pin trading there. So that was fun and everything. And we did pirates and seven dwarves and just very fun time.
2: And we ended the day on the people mover. We had to ride that for the second time. Yes. And I think the other highlight of this day... I have written down was the riding the Buzz Lightyear back to back because your grandma told the cast member that she really enjoyed it the first time. And so they just said, okay, well you can stay on. And so we just wrote it again on this ride. So she did have a scooter, which we transferred her to a wheelchair. We pushed her in and then we actually got on where you get off the ride. So they took us to the back and she was able to get on the ride, and then we rode it, and as we were coming to the off-ramp again, she I, I wasn't with her, so I don't know, but from what I remember is she said, I really enjoyed this, and then I said, well, would you like to ride it again, and we rode it again. I thought that was really cool of them.
0: They are definitely really accommodating to people who are in scooters and wheelchairs. Um, some of the scooters can't fit through the lines on the rides, So they will ask you if you can transfer. And when you do transfer, you do get into a wheelchair. And like Kyle said, there's some rides that the wheelchair actually goes on the ride. So I love how accommodating and understanding Disney is. Because to me, going to Disney with my grandma is a memory that I'll always have. And happy that I'm able to have my daughter experience that with her. As well as she gets to experience that. She got to ride all these rides. With all of her family and didn't once feel like she couldn't ride. Now, I don't think she's ever gonna ride Pirates again because that's a little scarring to her getting off that ride because she did get hurt getting off of it. But just being able to do everything together as a family is great. One thing, too, is just because you're in a scooter or a wheelchair, you don't get separated from your group. They keep your group all together whether you have three people or 10 people, your group stays together. So you all enjoy it together, which I think is great. And our party
1: had seven people and a scooter or wheelchair. So they, it's insane and how they do it and make you always with your group, no matter what wheelchair, no wheelchair. It's just super generous of them and very kind.
2: Well, there was one time, though, that they split our group up.
1: That was the Jungle Cruise. So I was with the group who got split up. This was a group of three, my aunt, my grandma, and me. So we... One lady that was a cast member, she was so nice, and she apologized. And she was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that was your group and whatever. And so then there's this other lady who was like, you guys gotta speak up next time. And we told her multiple times that our that is our group. We were waiting for our grandma to make sure that she got for my great grandma to make sure that she got on the boat and everything and you just gotta make sure you speak up in those moments even if you say it over and over again. You have to look at the cast member and make sure they hear you and they look in your eyes and you make eye contact so you know that they hear you and they will. they will definitely get you with your group.
0: Well, you're at a theme park. It's going to be loud. There's a lot going on. There's a ton of people, and you're in line, and they're trying to get you on as fast as possible. It does happen, but like you said, they apologize for it, and typically they do keep your group all together. But it is very important to advocate and be loud so they can't hear you.
2: Yep, and unfortunately, I think we got the worst of the two skippers. We got a lady on the Jungle Cruise who were explaining her own jokes. Wasn't as funny when they explained their own jokes.
0: We actually rode the Jingle Cruise this year, which is a holiday overlay. So you get on a boat and they do tell you jokes. The skipper we had, which a skipper is basically your tour guide on your boat ride, was not funny at all. I just, I was ready to get off of that. But the other boat that was separated, they said that their skipper was very funny and they enjoyed it.
1: Something I learned on this trip is even they do operate the boats. It's not like the boats just go ahead and go. So say kids aren't sitting down like they were supposed to, they will stop the boat. And I had no idea that they had the ability to stop the boat. So that was very cool.
2: Speaking of the Jungle Cruise, so the following day we were headed to Hollywood Studios and it was just going to be us three, McKinley, Megan and Kyle that we're going to Hollywood Studios. But once we got down there, Megan's mom was like, she only originally planned for two days of Disney Parks. And she was like, well, I'm here. I might as well go with you. And this was a conversation we had on Sunday when we flew in. Well, I looked it up for her on Sunday and there was availability. So I was just like, okay, well, we'll look at it tomorrow. Well, Monday morning, which is the day we went to Magic Kingdom, I looked and it was sold out, Hollywood Studios for Tuesday. So she was just like, okay, whatever. Well, throughout the day, I kept looking. And then when we went to get on the Jingle Cruise right before we got on, there was availability for Hollywood Studios. So we bought her ticket right before we got on the Jingle Cruise. And this is the common thing. Just because something is sold out, we're talking reservations for a restaurant or lightning lanes, say a lightning lane is only available for later in the day. But if you keep looking, these things do come available. So she was able to join us the following day at Hollywood Studios, and it was only because I kept looking. And that's one of the biggest tips I can give you is just because you check for a reservation or if you look for a lightning lane that you want at a certain time, don't just say, oh, well, we we weren't able to get it. You need to check and recheck and look and look and look again. I've probably looked five to ten times from when I looked Monday morning and it wasn't available, knowing that it was probably going to come available for her to be able to come with us on Tuesday.
0: So I think you should definitely book ahead of time. The last minute situation in her case was unique and different. And She was having so much fun. She wanted to add an extra day, but not being able to go or at least we thought not being able to go is not great once you're down there. So book everything ahead. That's why booking a trip, all you have to do is put $200 down on a resort package for Disney. So why not do that? Secure your amount and secure your date.
1: So she added, she came with us on our Hollywood studios day and which we realized for our family with me not riding too many rides this is not the best park for our family. So, if you have little kids that won't they won't have as much fun if they don't like the more big rides.
0: There was definitely highlights to this. Hollywood Studios has always been one of my favorite parks, but on this trip I'd have to say it was my least favorite park this time. Um it was crowded, but we did a really good job of managing the crowds and avoiding Crowded areas, So I will say that was pretty awesome because we got to ride everything that we wanted to ride and watch all the shows that we wanted to show or watch all the shows that we wanted to see. And Hollywood Studios, they do have a lot more shows compared to the other parks. So that was one thing that we did more because we just pulled a 12, 13 hour day at Magic Kingdom. We started off slower at Hollywood Studios by watching show after show. We did the Indiana Jones show. We did the Frozen Ever After show. Fantasmic show, which we'll get into later about that. But then we also did a few rides in between as well. Kyle, what was your favorite part of Hollywood Studios?
2: My favorite part? Mm, meeting Sage.
0: Which, those of you don't know who Sage is, do one of you guys want to explain that? I will explain who Sage is. So, Of course. We always watch Disney
1: YouTube videos all the time. And if you do not know, there's a channel called All Ears. This channel is an amazing Disney channel that you should definitely check out after listening to this podcast. But one of the people that are on the All Ears crew is Sage. And we watch their videos every single day so it was super cool that we got to see him and take a few pictures and it was very fun and i poop- and i poked my head hopefully getting into their outro of one of their videos
0: cuz we saw them filming that so hope i'm in that mm-hmm. and you guys went up and talked to him and had a conversation and he was a pretty cool guy
2: yeah Yep. I will say this was probably the most crowded, the, the biggest crowds that we encountered throughout the trip. And another, Hollywood had parties the day before and the day after. So they did a Christmas party this year called Jollywood Nights. And I think that was part of it. I also think Rise of the Resistance was down all but like 30 minutes the whole day. So Rise of the Resistance will hold a lot of people in its queue and it being down all day. The, all the ride times were from 130 to 200 minutes for the big rides. And it really affected a lot of what we did. So we did a lot of shows early in the day, got off of our feet, like you said, but it just felt crowded. So Monday and Tuesday, a lot of crowds and it does affect what you do, especially like for me and you, for us three. We've been there a lot, so we came in with a plan of what to do and how to do it. But if you haven't been there and you're seeing these wait times, you're talking about two to three hours just standing in a line. You know, you wait in two lines, that's more than half of the day over. So you really have to come in with a plan, whether that's Genie Plus, you know, using those lightning lanes, stacking those lightning lanes, but that's where that travel agent can help you come in with a plan and what to do and how to attack parks when there's lines and wait times and stuff like that. One other thing that we did.
0: It was very crowded, but I really didn't feel like the way we did it, maybe it's because of all the experience we have. We knew how to work the crowd. So there were times where I felt kind of like it was too much crowd wise. But like you said, if you have a travel agent that can help you navigate throughout the day you're going to save so much time and patience. Yeah. So a new thing that we did this
1: trip is we went to Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. This is a family style dining and it and I didn't eat that much but my parents they thought it was really good. So how about they can take the wheel and talk about this?
2: That was on one of my highlights for this park. So I thought it was really good food. Very filling. Uh, I think we went about 2 30 and I don't know if we ate anything else the rest of the day. So we didn't go to dinner or anything else after that. That's something we typically do is we will try to get a table service meal around anywhere from one to three, somewhere in between there. And it will serve as our lunch and dinner. So these are pretty filling meals. They're pretty expensive meals sometimes, those table services. So you kind of snack around and then you have like one big meal. It gets you off your feet for a couple hours. And then it also in those hotter months gets you in the air condition for a couple hours. And it's very filling. So I thought it was a really cool experience. One thing I noticed is like a soundtrack plays. So, you know, Andy's coming and they salute the soldiers and stuff like that. But I felt like it was only four or five scenes. So like we were only in there for maybe an hour an hour and a half and it was already repeating the things that we've already heard. I thought they could have done a few more different things in that case.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I do think the food was really good. It's more of like a barbecue style meal. I love the corn street corn that they had. I think it was by far the best corn. Um, I did like it. I expected a little bit more just because I'm a huge toy story fan I mean, you think it's cool, it's like you're a toy and it was a lot of fun, but I expected a little bit more. Like you said, the audio could have had different things.
2: Okay. The, one of the other highlights I put was meeting Max. I don't feel like Max from a Goofy movie and Goof Troop is a common character that you see, so while you and your mom were riding Tower of Terror, uh, Kinley doesn't ride that, so we went and did some pin trading, and we uh, met Max. I thought that was a pretty cool experience. And then the
0: there's definitely a lot of characters. I feel like that you can meet at Hollywood Studios. Yeah, we met. I feel like you guys met a lot of characters when me and my mom were on rides.
2: We met. Well, we met Olaf. We met Sorcerer Mickey. We met a lot of different characters there. So I think that was another thing besides the shows and the rides that we did. We met a lot of different unique characters. Um, BB-8, we met BB-8. It said there was a 15-minute wait for BB-8, and we just walked right in. There was no one even in front of us. But the other highlight that I had was the ride, riding Rise of the Resistance with our lightning lane at 9.03. So we were actually leaving star wars or galaxy's edge at night so we had just rode the millennium falcon and we were headed out we thought we were done and so we had had this lightning lane all day and the ride had been down so we didn't think we would ride it and the park closed at nine it was 903 we were just walking by to walk out and it was up and they were letting some people in so we walked up and they said yeah go ahead you can go in so we went in after the park was closed and i think that was very telling of this experience compared to other theme parks I feel like if I'm working at a theme park and the park closes at nine then I'm not letting people in past nine like but I feel Disney difference is they know that people come to this park to ride this ride and it was down all day so they were going to let a few people in past the time so I thought that was very cool experience just to see them doing that.
0: And it was fun because we thought we were on our way out of the park, but instead we got to ride one more ride. And like you said, not many other theme parks do that. So I think that's one thing that Disney. Mm-hmm. And then I think that about wraps up, or no, actually the best part Kyle's favorite, Fantasmic. Yeah. So Ken- which- Kenley, what did
2: you think of Fantasmic? I thought you would really like it, but I don't know if you got the full experience
1: so this was my second time watching the phantasmic show but i i barely have any recurrence of the first time watching it but we were pretty far back we were in the bleachers behind all of the stands or and so pretty far back but i could still see a lot of the water projections and that's basically most of the whole show, so I saw most of the stuff, but not completely all of it. So if if you feel like you don't want to sit in the back because you don't back because you don't feel like you're gonna see, you can still see back there perfectly fine. And I liked the show a lot.
0: I would recommend going early though um, to the show because I didn't like sitting far back. Uh, that was not fun for me. I would rather have been up a lot closer so that way I could see see better. I am short, so it is hard for me to see over um, taller people. I would go earlier. One thing that you can do that I did notice is they have um, food snack carts all back there. So when you make the way back there, find your seats, have people sit, and then one person go up and you can get Mickey pretzels, all kinds of different things, and just have that time to relax. But you're also getting a good... Seat for the
2: show, so they offer they also offer dining packages for this. So this guarantees you a better seat. So if you buy the dining package, you will eat at one of five or six restaurants that are just in Hollywood Studios. But it guarantees you a certain seat that is a much better view, and you don't have to worry about getting there early or getting there late. You're guaranteed a certain seat. So that's another option that you can have. Um, The first time that we went, we sat in the first or second, third row, got very wet from the water projections, so they wanted to sit a little bit farther back. This time we were back, I think, a little bit too far due to getting there a little bit too late because we were doing other things. But this is probably my favorite thing at Hollywood Studios. This is quintessential Disney, the music, the characters. It's just probably my favorite thing they offer there. favorite nighttime show for sure at all of Disney alright well this was our first three days of our Disney trip flight day Magic Kingdom day Hollywood we're going to wrap up our first part right here of our podcast and then we'll come back with the remainder of our trip on part two we'll see you guys later